Welcome to the Buddhaverse Podcast, Episode 2. This week we have a very, very special guest, hailing from Nepal, the birthplace of Buddha Shakyamuni. He is a master of the Buddhist art of Tonka painting, a virtuoso of Native American flute, former owner of Lumbini Buddhist Art Gallery, and now author of the new book, Honoring the Land, Anil Tapa. Anil's book can be found on Amazon and is a deep investigation from an experienced meditator into topics such as bodhicitta, Tonka's connection with Mother Nature, meditational practices with the elements, and many other must-know approaches to spiritual life, being a complete human being, and not taking for granted the majesty that life has to offer. Anil has synthesized the profound essence of indigenous shamanistic cultures with the Buddhist arts and philosophy in a way that is masterful to behold. Do not think that Buddhism is just about suffering. Nirvana is right under your nose, so don't let it go over your head. Anil truly brings the Dharma to life with his, and I'm so, so, so happy to have him on the Buddhaverse as the very first guest. Um Ah Hum. What we need is a Buddhaverse emerging. In other words, we need Nirvana emerging. It's called Enlightenment. So this is my first interview, and uh, uh-huh. I just wanted to say that uh, when I ran across your your Instagram page and then found out that you were in Berkeley, I couldn't believe that uh, somebody like you was in Northern California. It uh, I, I I have to confess that you're one of my Buddhist heroes. Uh, well, I mean, uh, in some ways, uh, in you know, we all are heroes to ourselves too. You know, like to get uh, sort of encouraged to seek to you know to find something and you know there is a reason like i was reflecting yesterday that how everything is actually it is connected in so many ways so you know sometimes i become the teacher sometimes you become the teacher sometimes i become the student sometimes you become the student sometimes you know like it's a it's a cycle absolutely absolutely cycle of life i guess um, just, uh, your, what you do is just so incredible. I, uh, I just see that you're involved in, in Tibetan, uh, Tonka painting and native flute. And, uh, I guess my first question would be, uh, what is your motivation to be so incredible? So, uh, um, so involved in, in the Buddhist arts. Mm, I think I, when I was a small, I always wanted to like, uh, you know, have a little sort of deeper understanding of the mind consciousness uh, when I was small, uh, meaning that when I was like seven, eight, nine years old, I always like I had a little curious about the mind, which is, you know, like unseen is like a wind. It's unseen, but it's present. And it's like, how does the mind work? And so uh, the town where I grew up in Bhaktapur, uh, uh 
it has a lot of uh, Buddhist art there around. Oh yeah. And when I was when I was looking through uh, the Wheel of Life pattern, you know the you know it explains almost my my questions uh, about the mind being driven by this uh, emotions and emotions are driven by this you know this greed, ignorance, anger like in a surface level but deeper it's like the loving kindness compassion generosity and it's like i was really blown away by just simple how it is it was very simple to understand which i thought it was very complicated and uh, from then i you know started uh, doing a tonka painting because it it gives me so much answer and uh, not only to myself but you know i wanted to also share to others um, oh, so, absolutely. So from a really young age, then, you were exposed to, yeah. to, to Tibetan art. Yeah. Yeah. It was a very young age. Um, uh, but you... it took me, you know, it's like I encounter it, and then it took me almost, uh, I would say, at least uh, maybe eight, nine years after, finally, I was like diving into, you know, like, it's <laughs> like, you know, it usually takes time to like uh, soak into into the daily life because sometimes it it doesn't make sense sometimes it makes sense and mm-hmm. it's finally it's like um it's been almost uh, 16 17 years that uh, it's like I'm like wow you know it's really working and i see it is happening and oh. you know and, and yeah so yeah in the, in the west we don't have much connection with our emotions and then uh when you have them depicted so beautifully in uh, right. in, in Buddhist art, it puts it in a new in a new light in a in a new way of look, in a new way of it looking is. at them. It is, and the, one of the fascinating thing about the art, especially the Tanka art, it has, it has a depiction of the like almost uh, thousands and thousands of different deities, which all are our own emotion state. And so, when we are sometimes fixated, like oh, this is my emotion, uh, then there is a, a really amazing. Uh, wrathful deities or union deities or peaceful deities that also represent your emotions. So your emotion is not limited to one thing, you know, it's like so diverse, like the, like the mammals in the oceans, it's like so infinite, you know? Oh, I, I know, I know. So, yeah. so did you come from a traditional Buddhist family? Uh, no, actually I grew up in a Hindu family. My family background is Hinduism and, ah. uh, it, it, uh, my family does not really have any, um, sort of practical spiritual life. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so for that reason, it was a little hard for me to sort of explain to them also. Um, <laughs> and also, uh, you know, it's, it's just a, one of these regular thing where family doesn't understand what you're doing in the beginning. And then it's like, uh, but somehow, you know, it's like it will come along, you know. Yeah. You just have to keep doing it. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. <laughs> uh, what do they think of your art now? Uh, I mean, because I have traveled many countries and in Twitter, many art shows, uh, uh, like took care of the artist and, uh, you know, uh, have a little bit of a sort of life understanding to explain to my parents this is what it is. And so I think they, they really take it very. Uh, very specially, like this art is like my soul. Uh, they understand now. It's like this, this art is my soul, sort of uh, connection. It's uh, it's not just like it's not just a 
just the art itself but it yeah. has it has fulfilled it has it has it has a fulfilled me in so many many ways that uh i cannot explain so beautiful oh, oh. i uh i do some painting myself and uh when i mm. when i came to your studio i couldn't i couldn't believe what i was seeing it was uh yeah there's uh it's just such incredible detail it's uh it's just so smooth you know, i don't want to I don't want to stroke your ego too much, but I was just so Im- I was so impressed with uh with what I was seeing. Uh, what did how did you uh begin uh your traditional painting? Is there a process that you go through of learning? Uh, did you have a teacher? Uh, unfortunately, there are only a couple of schools that are very traditionally formed in Nepal about the Tonka paintings. Uh, uh, like one is a Sitchin monastery where the Dilbu Kansi Rinpoche's monastery is yes. uh, there, uh, where they also teach tanga painting, but uh, the, unfortunately, it requires you almost like five years or three years of commitment. Otherwise, they will not accept your application. Yes, yes. Uh, so it's very kind of hard for anybody. Yeah, a lot of people that you cannot commit like that long time right away. And so, uh, but fortunately, fortunately, there there were a lot of uh, artists uh, around. Uh, the town where I grew up and so I would just go for a week and just like spend you know some time and and go for other days go spend a few times you know because of I have, have growing up in a very uh, very difficult financial situation uh, it's uh, sometimes it's a very hard to like sort of uh, learn extra activities that you like because you're somehow pulled by the physical needs of the families and you know Oh, absolutely. Um, so it's like it's not easy to like fully dedicate uh, your your time that you want to do because you also have to make sure that you know your parents are okay, you know your brothers, and because I grew up in a very difficult situation of my family, so I really didn't really have an opportunity to like fully dive into that that uh, that realm. Yeah. Which now finally is like. It's like it's coming along. <laughs> I would say, so, yeah. I would say it is. Yes, yes. But yeah, but you know, when you go through sort of a sort of like okay, example, I don't know if you're your partner married or single, but like when you go through your you know difficulties about your partnership or with the children or yes. with your parents and and you're still living together, and so it's like you can't really. Sort of, you can, of course, but it's not fully. You you will be not able to dive into deeper level of that interest that you want. So for that reason, yes. either you have to like, you know, sing, be yourself single, or just make sure that like in some level they're okay, so that you can, you know, uh, you can pursue, you can pursue. So, um, yeah. Um, so somehow that's how I learned uh, little by little by uh, by. Uh, this teacher, that teacher, this friend, and that friend, this friend, and that friend. So uh, there's no uh, one particular tradition that I learned from. Mm. So mm-hmm. One thing that I find very intriguing about your Tonka paintings is your color palettes and uh, the way that you use um, colors to set tones in your in your paintings. Do you do you put, put a lot of uh, thought into that? that? When you're, uh... I think the color is the most important part in the in the appearance of the painting because it is the first thing that one can one you know uh, sort of uh, one see it, the color 
Yeah. Before you understand any deities, or before you understand any symbolism, or before you understand anything, the color pattern is very important. Definitely, um, I do spend some time contemplating on which color you know it's the good for this deity, or based on my mind or what's happening to me. Mm. So mm. sometimes when the color are there, uh, there's a couple of things. Sometimes it does also go according to like what de- what's the deity on the painting. But at the same time, sometimes what's going on with my daily life. So it's a very, uh, also for me, it's a great opportunity to sort of look into myself, you know. Uh, and that's what normally tanka painting does. It's to look into yourself every day. And when you check in yourself and then you, based on that, you just like put, apply the color. So Absolutely. You med- oh. Yeah, you meditate, contemplate and just and think about what's happening to you. you know? mm-hmm. And just, and uh, and that's why... The most important part in the tanka painting is to have a, a motivation of a bodhicitta. Ah. Uh, that is the most important part, no matter uh, what, uh, any other thing. So, uh, because it is based on the Mahayana uh, art, uh, tanka painting is based on the Mahayana mm. uh, traditions, which is about serving. So, uh, even though I'm not yet, you know, fully solvent but still <laughs> working on <laughs> working on so sometimes i do uh, sleep around but uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah definitely it's a it's a serving art so you have to just make sure that whatever you put out is like it's it's with the intention of bodhicitta absolutely absolutely oh so so the the individual works that are very personal to you then so you, they will yes. they most often reflect a, a point of time in your life that you were yes. uh, inspired to to take on this this image this form absolutely absolutely oh that's so beautiful that's so yeah. beautiful yeah that's why even i make if i make a same deity you know it's like same deity but there's a different color pattern palette or tone uh, the different energies even in the you know, the Abhulokitishwara, the Buddha mm-hmm. of Compassion, if I make the same Abhulokitishwara in the next day, you know, it will be different pattern because of the emotions that I have going going through. Even though the deity is the same, the, the meaning is the same, but the appearance is uh, can be found uh, different. Oh. So. oh, the richness of it. Oh, I feel like it's, you can't find this, uh, this sort of tradition anywhere on else on earth. It's so elaborate. It's so elaborate. It's so beautiful, and it has so much meaning and symbolism in it. Uh, I don't really know where else um, something like this would be found. Yeah, I'm hoping that uh, uh, because I have, you know, I, I, I don't know if you have uh, uh, got my book. I, you know, published the book, the Honoring the Land. It's in the mail right now. I ordered it. Okay. It is- okay. Wonderful. Uh, uh, one of the things I really want to do is also make maybe like a sort of a small documentary about the Tonka art. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm probably, uh, because my flight is, uh, I'm, mov- I'm moving back to Nepal. So I'm mm-hmm. also planning to visit Tibet uh, this time uh, so that I can document some art and also some northern part of Nepal, which is also similar uh, to the uh, Himalayan Buddhism uh, mm-hmm. influence. Uh, so... Uh, hopefully, I, w- I would like to make a, also like a small, like sort of introductory, introductory, uh, you know, the video about the art also. Oh, I really hope you do that. Yeah. I, I really hope you uh, you achieve that aspiration. Um, so, uh, 
it is said that uh, to see the image of a Buddha as uh, the the type of uh, images that you create, it uh, it can liberate someone or plant karmic seeds of affinity with these images. Uh, and these elements, these tankas have a uh, uh, symbology in every in every yeah. single element of the uh, in the entire thing, and even the proportions of the face and the body yes. of these uh, figures will have significance. Uh, can you expand on um, on on the meaning of this a little bit? Yeah, definitely. The uh, in the Tibetan word that they also call it tongdol, tongdol, mm. uh, which is a liberation through seeing. Mm. And uh, why it is uh, why it is a liberation through seeing? It's because because of the tanka painting is the reflection of your own nature of the mind. Uh, for that reason, even though we, we might not get enlightened in this lifetime, but at least, uh, you know, uh, uh, again, this is because it's based on Mahayana teaching, and Mahayana teaching is to, it's to, it's based on bodhicitta, which is planting the seed of enlightenment. So when we look at uh, the painting, it's also planting a seed for our, our enlightened journey, whether it's maybe... 500 lifetime or you know 1000 lifetime it doesn't really matter but at least you get some sort of glimpse of your true nature of the mind which is enlightened nature and that is a reflection of the tanka of buddha or abalokiteshwara Mm. or different different taras and things like that you will find Mm. and in the proportions aspect of the tanka painting it's uh, basically it is to discipline the mind the more you know, to know the depth of the body, it's about knowing, like, when we uh, sort of create the, the tanka art, that there is a, you know, the multiple proportion iconography we mm. sort of uh, uh, create. Uh, it's it's also not only to make it perfect, but uh, not uh, not perfectly, you know, aligned, but it's also to go dipped, Yes. Um, to go to go dipped of so that we understand the deeper meaning of the structures, uh, deeper meaning of the uh, mind, which is also um, you know sometimes uh, they call it this mind is our like like a wild horse, which is amazing, <laughs> but also wild horse can be also just you know it's also kind of a it's like a, what do you call the mouse in the in the roll roll thing. It just can be roll 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 roll. You know, it's uh, you know. Uh, that's not so the dharma which is discipline um you know connecting with the enlightened nature can liberate you so when we make the proportion it is basically giving you more depth understanding of the mind and can be attained or realization can attain by the disciplining more so when we make slowly the proportion of the different arms the head the ears the eyes the legs Mm. and even different part it's all about going deeper into into yourself uh, and uh, disciplining you know more otherwise you can also just draw a buddha without a proportion it's also no not a <laughs> not a big deal you know <laughs> yeah but the yeah. traditional art it uh it emphasizes yeah. this discipline aspect discipline aspect mm. discipline aspect of uh, of uh, of uh, <clears throat> of the mind mm. that once you know one need on the spiritual journey mm. uh great uh pandita uh Balangoda Ananda Maitreya, he was a Theravada Sri Lankan uh, monastic. He uh, mm-hmm. he said that uh, the image of the Buddha's eyes, it shows restraint of eyes. To show the Buddha's hands, it shows restraint of hands. Uh, the, the the depiction of the ears, there's restraint of ears. So that's exactly what you had just described. Mm, yeah, I didn't know about him, but yeah, definitely. 
And you know, as as we go through the everything Tanka painting, the each and every painting they have a really deep sort of symbolism meaning behind of it, like you know, creating the hand, like the touching the earth, the time during the time when the Buddha was during meditation, you know, the Mara up here mm. and you know, it is a time of what you call the Bhumi Sparsa Mudra, the, the earth touching mudra. Yes. So um yeah, uh, the discipline aspect is also you know, it's it's to make a uh, is to make the the proportions, and then there's a symbolism uh, of uh, of of the of the iconography, yes. and then also there is a color significance, which sometimes it's yellow is representing more about the generosity. Yes, you know, green is like more about the grounding, and you know, yellow is like the energy. So there's also color aspect. Then you go. It's more about like a, it's it's almost a level of understanding. Mm. You know. Uh, when you dive into um, the uh, the Tonka painting, that's why I feel like it's very important to preserve this. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, there are uh, still we have, I think, uh, I would say five, six thousand, seven thousand people uh, in Kathmandu. They make Tonkas, oh. um, and so I would really like to, you know, do as much as I can to uh, preserve uh, this uh, this art, this art particularly. Oh. I feel I feel as though you embody the earth touching mudra with your yeah. with your whole life um with your 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 native uh your 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 asp your your aspiration to connect with the native peoples it's so it's such a yeah. beautiful thing it's uh it's very inspiring do you think yeah. that there should be more buddhist artists uh, I think it is. It is. It is a very nice because one. It's not about a more or less. It's. I think it's about a more. Uh, it's not like a, how you know. Sometimes this yoga became like one of the business aspect of uh, of life now. It's become like multi billion dollar industry. It's like almost like a, a business. It's like. So in terms of more Buddhist artists, uh, I don't know about the more Buddhist artists, <laughs> but. Uh, but more significant artists for sure. We're good, good. I like that. Very good. Very good. Um, so uh, I went to UC Davis and I graduated from uh, the graphic design uh, program there. That's what I majored in. And we would use the same uh, sort of logic or understanding of color and shape to draw the eye. But we would use these things to sell people stuff. So instead of uh, instead of it being liberative art, it was more to capture the mind and then to manipulate the mind to use it for for your own ends. So uh, so the it's it's almost the same principle but used in very different ways. It uh it's kind of uh, shocking when I look back on on the on the types of practices we have here in the West. Yeah, but you, I, I, I was looking at your pictures, like, but it looks like now you're in a totally different journey. So. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I still do graphic yeah. design. I still have a, you know, a day job, but uh, yes, but I still yes, try yes, to yes. make up for some of that karma. <laughs> make up for some of that karma by, you know, putting some liberation yeah. out there as well. Uh, you, you are also a brilliant flute player. Uh, how did this begin for you? Um, um, I think, uh, uh, I, I liked it. I liked it, the flute, uh, from very long time. Mm. Uh, and I tried, uh, what do you call Nepali Bansuri or Indian Bansuri kind of flute. 
Um, but it just requires a lot of sort of. Uh, uh, I, 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 it's amazing flute tune, uh, music. I love the flute music, but it just uh, when I was in learning from some teachers, it just teaches me like, oh, you have to learn this and that, and you have to learn the chord, chord and all that thing. And I, I don't, I'm not a person like I don't very much like, you know, the discipline very much. <laughs> so I'm like a little bit of a, uh, uh, you know, even though it is needed, but. Uh, I'm not a very big fan of discipline thing. So yeah. I really didn't, you know, pursue that flute, uh, Nepali flute uh, mm. style. Mm. Uh, but then I was always drawn to And when six years ago, when I came to the United States, the Mount Shasta called me. Oh, uh, so I, Mount Shasta is crazy. Yeah. yeah. And then I went there and, uh, and I was sitting there meditating, you know, just doing some japas, malas, and then mm. mantras. Uh, I hear the beautiful sound of the wind. That's like a flute music, like it's really beautiful, and it almost touches my ear and says, like almost like go get the flute. I was like, what? What the flute? Uh, what is? You know, I I I'm not into the flute, but and then I search like native flute. And then, yes. uh, fortunately, fortunately it, there was a, a store next to my house in Solano here in Berkeley. Mm. Um, and I went there. It's called Gathering Tribe, the store. And, uh, and there I saw the flute. And I was, when I touched wow. the flute, it's just like just uniting. It's like it feels like it's a, it, was, it was uniting. So oh. I, I, I played and it just feels like, and I was looking at like how to play Native American flute. And then the answer is, it's like just close all the holes and just play whatever you like. There's no rules. Oh, like, wow. I didn't know that about it. Oh, yeah. it's... So there's, there's no like a, uh, you know, official rule, but now they, they, they can make many rules because, you know, if they want to, you want to make a song and all that thing, mm. it's like, but in, in the past, like it's not recorded, like in a courting way, it's like, just close your holes and just play, you know, as you feel like you just go with the flow and feel the wind and things like that. I was like, oh yes, this is the flute I'm looking for. <laughs> and so from then, like I just start going every day to the nature and, uh, you know, offer like a little music to the trees and water and the rocks and the, you know, just feels very uh, uniting. So it very, feels very union and also I feel like, uh, you know, I offer my visual art as a sacred artist, um, you know, the Tonka. Mm. I also want to offer some musical frequency. And mm. so I think the flute kind of fulfilled my um, uh, 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 sound frequency. Mm. And uh, so a melody frequency. And so I'm also going to create some like chanting videos, like, you know, mantra chanting, you know, things like that also, which oh. is also I really like to offer that because, um, you know, according to the practices, like we are just a frequency and, you know, of, so. Very much so. Yeah. Yeah. So. Oh, that's beautiful. And your voice is so beautiful. Your chanting, your chanting sounds like that rich, authentic uh, chanting voice. As I'm, I, yeah, I find myself. Uh, je uh, feeling jealous of your chanting voice. Uh, well, I think uh, I think sometimes I do have like that voice. Sometimes I don't, but it's just like it feels it feels good, you know, when you yes. chant the mantras and 
it feels really, really good. And I got opportunity and, I, you know, I feel really blessed because of the karmic connection. I got to spend a few times with Native Americans and oh. First, Nation, First Nation people and exchange my flute music and, mm. uh, and you know, my art. And, and you know, I just got a book, uh, I think it's called The Northern American uh, First Nation Tribe, something. Mm. Um, and so I... I'm gonna, you know, learn a little more about the people and um, that I have aspiration to build the Temple of Elements in Nepal. And so I wanna incorporate their uh, offerings like making teepees and, mm. you know, things like that. So uh, I have an aspiration to build the Temple of Elements uh, around the world. This is my, uh, you know, so that, uh, we can call. We can all reconnect to the elements. Oh, that's a that's a tremendous aspiration. Uh, my favorite my favorite native flutist is uh, Carlos Nakai. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah, I got one of his CDs um, some years ago, and it absolutely changed me. I'd spent my whole life listening to really aggressive music, and uh-huh. which is what it's kind of all that we have to offer <laughs> in the West. And when I heard that, it was it was an yeah. It was an it, it it flipped a switch instantaneously in my mind, and I was like, "Oh, this is a much better way to feel." <laughs> yeah, I mean, it goes very deeply, you know. Uh, when the, I think Carlos Nakai and the very beautiful flute, the very I think it goes deeper into like something like soul sort of thing. Yeah, you know? mm-hmm. it's not just like surface level of the taste. It's like not just like. Uh, it goes very deep into some kind of a consciousness that help people to, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Connect. I mean, and, and for at the same time, you know, everyone have their own journey and it takes a, it usually takes um, their own timing to come to that point, you know. Like yeah. From, you know, I used to also listen when I was a little young. I was, to, I was uh, my friends, they were listening like a Lamb of God, and Flipknot, Pantera, you know, those... <laughs> Metallica, you know, uh, all were, that. Uh, were you into that? Did you like that? Yeah. Yeah, you did. <laughs> yeah, yeah. At some point, yeah, I feel like it was good just to have a little sort of energy, you know. Yeah. And I, I like the music in general, but then eventually, I see the journey begins to the 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 mantra, you know, like yes, like, yes, like yeah. that. Yeah, it's like a river, river, creek, river, river, and then it's the ocean. It's like, you know. Yeah, yeah, very much. Yeah, oh. so connecting back to, connecting back to the, yeah, I like to, I like to, I like to, I like to connect back to the source. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, and, and there is no one source, of course, but it's just nice to, uh, you know, feel like, collective consciousness absolutely absolutely uh are there any uh flute artists or or native flutes or even tibetan or uh, nepali flute uh that you would recommend that people listen to um so far i mean uh, there's a tibetan guy called i think his name is nawang kunchuk ah yes yeah he's also a very amazing guy Yes. And uh, I I don't know if any any other flute player that I know 
Uh, there are, I think, Indian flute players, but I really don't know. I'm more like somehow drawn to the native flute players. Like, um, uh, fortunately, now I also have like a teacher, uh, a flute player teacher. Uh, his name is Guillermo. Mm. Uh, and he's an amazing uh, master flute maker and flute player. Lives in Orange County down in, uh, you know, down in, like uh, down south. And... Uh, his music is also amazing. I think there's lots of his music in the website. I don't know, uh, YouTube or something. Uh, uh, I can send you the link. Or That would be great. I would love that. Yeah, Guillermo, I think. And that's it. I listen to like, his music and then not even his music. I, I listen mostly. Uh, and also there was another guy. Uh, I, don't re- I don't remember his name, but there is also another guy. I think it's called Odds Ocel something. Ocel, what is his name? Uh, something. I forgot <laughs> his name, but uh, yeah, there's a couple of people I really like to listen. Oh yeah. So, so for for listeners, I suggest you take a plunge uh, and start looking up some flute players. It's uh yeah. It's 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 a healing practice for sure. It is. It is. It is. And when you play it, you know, it's like it's a whole, whole different thing again. Oh. Like listening, playing, feeling and just this morning I just went for a, a walk, uh, which I go almost every day, um, mm. and listening to the wind and you know, like just feeling the the power or the blessing or the present of the wind. It's like amazing. It's unseen. You know, you cannot they like see it, but the present is so powerful, you know. Oh, I know. It's a yeah. It's a, <laughs> kind of, I kind of know. I'm yeah. getting there. I'm getting there. Yeah, yeah. So, um, I always find it just a tremendous practice to uh, when when my senses are stimulated, I always uh, I always try to follow them back to the source, and uh, and and ask myself what uh what are the what are the causal factors that are giving rise to this experience? Mm. And so, uh, yeah, the wind, the wind can do it. Uh, a beautiful yeah. sight can do it. A beautiful flute can do it. A tonka painting can yeah. do it. Yeah, yeah. I see you have a bunch of tonka painting pictures. Is that yours? You have <laughs> no, 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 they are not. Those are all ones I found online. Oh, I uh, I've never done any traditional uh, tonka painting. I've only I've only mm. uh, done I've just done a couple paintings. Mm. Just, uh, it's... Well, keep on. Thank you. Anyway, keep on keep on doing. You know. I will. I mean, you don't have to do tonka painting. You can always like you know create your own sort of what do you call create your own um, uh, vision. Also, yes. like uh, there's a guy what's his name. Alex Gray or something. Ah, I was hoping you would mention Alex Gray. Yeah. Are, do you, are yeah. you a fan? Do you like Do you like what he does? I think he he's a pretty amazing guy, you know, uh, manifesting his vision, uh, mm-hmm. which is I think different than the Tonka painting, of course. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I mean, he's definitely something that uh, that he have created, and I think he have a lot of followers that he. And uh, they like it, especially I think in the, especially, uh, especially like uh, people who try like uh, mushroom and yeah. you know all the psychedelic journey. Yes, I think I think there's there's a whole I mean there's a whole big community of those you know things. Yeah, I think mostly his art is uh, 
very um, uh, I think uh, uh, very well received by people who try a lot of uh, psychedelic things. Yeah, yeah. It's, he's very much a part of that world. In that world, it's right. it's related to the Buddhist world, but it's not, you know, I would say the Buddhists, yeah. the Buddhists try to keep that at arm's length where uh, yeah. they don't, yeah. they don't, they will, I don't think any Buddhists would ever tell you to do that. Because no, there's, no, there's, yeah. there's ways to do it. Uh, you know, it can, it can come from, from your soul. It can come from your being. It doesn't have to come from a, from a substance. Yeah, it doesn't have to, but yeah, I know that. But the world is like you know, it's like like for me when I when I as a as a t student and teacher, I would really not recommend people to try any substance in the beginning or anything. You know, I I would really highly recommend maybe do asana, do breathing practice, do meditation, do chanting, do hug to trees and walk barefoot and you know things like that. Yes. Take a cold, take a cold shower. Like I would recommend those those things to have a. You know, and see what's your visions come. You know, uh, um, that's my uh, recommendation for people who want to have like some sort of who are who, uh, who want some healing or who want some visions or yeah. You know, um, I think I recommend them to like if it's a winter, take a cold shower. <laughs> yeah. Oh, good luck getting people to do that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, because I take I take pulls out in the winter too. So. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Uh, All right, I'll, I'll I'll do it. I'll do it since you you rec if you recommend it, then I'll I can at least give it a try. Yeah, I mean you have to just feel it, like you know, it's like water is part of me. I'm part of water, you know. Yes. Like yeah. You know? Um, I mean something about uh, taking cold showers like really makes you very direct, sort of. You know, that's like a. Uh, like a sort of jokchen, like a direct sort of, you know. <laughs> oh, that'll point to the mind for sure. Yeah. Uh, so that'll point. And to also, the... like when you, yeah, when you walk, I think sometimes if you you know if you walk a little barefoot in the woods in the nature, and just feel the ground, yeah, um, and and hug tree for a minute or so. Um, mm. And do some like silent meditation in the forest. I think this gives you a lot of different visions, and mm. and it's very quick also. It's mm. Like not, you know, it doesn't require a lot of time. So that is my sort of recommendation for the people who want to have like a visions, and you know, because visions are very important in our life, right? We, you know, through the vision we navigate ourselves. Visions are like a map, and so. And visions are within you, uh, and we definitely we need we use external things to access that vision, that map. And so some people use the plant medicine, some people use meditation, some people use um, cold water shower. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, okay, so there are there are a lot of parallels between the Dharma and uh, the First Nation people's uh, beliefs and practices. Uh, are, yes. What what uh what um First Nation peoples uh, practices have you incorporated into into your mm. into your approach at life? Yeah, I, I really like uh, uh, when I was staying at the reservation with the Diné people mm. uh, in Navajo Nation. Uh, uh, one of my big brother took me took us to the to visit the ancestor, and I really like how he 
just face the sun and uh, you know offer the corn pollen to the to the sun um, and uh, and that I also incorporate my life in my life I offer to you know some sort of says or anything to the sun mm-hmm. every morning you know um, and also the fascinating thing I, I was really fascinated by is like I asked them where is your temple like where is your sacred sites in yeah. the you know Native Americans of course they have certain areas sacred sites but I asked them what is it which is, like in Nepal in Tibet we have monasteries we have temples you know like we have sort of thing yeah and uh, one of my one of my this Native brother said this land is our sacred land yeah. is our temple yes and I, and I was blown away by how deeply they are so much deeply connected into 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 land and which is also like I'm from Nepal and you know the Nepal original practice is also shamanism and which is all based on land spirit nature elements yes and uh, so I'm I, I was very fortunate and uh, more or, more or less I really like uh, the the ceremony of the fire you know the, mm. the four direction praying oh they also, they bow to the four directions also yeah oh. yeah so amazing yeah yeah so the four directions and and also to the you know appreciating it to the ancestor you know like mm. and treating land sacred sort of that that kind of elements are very very profound and i think this is like the wisdom that i want to bring it to the world you know more. Oh, so profound there's so many sites around the united states um yeah well, yeah, the, yeah, the whole United States of being Turtle Island, of being the it is, is of, of the land that is the sacred land, but it is. as yeah. well, there's Mount Shasta, there's um, yeah, what what the white people call Devil's Rock in Wyoming, and there's uh, there's uh, these incredible, just the landscape of, of the United States is is tremendous. So yeah, I'm just... hoping to visit uh, uh, what you I think is called Yosemite, which I haven't been. Oh, um, yeah. oh yeah, I have yeah, before been. I. Yeah, before I leave, uh, just to pay respect, uh, you know, to the mountain, and uh, and just to, yeah, just to pray uh, for the last time before I leave uh, for my uh, trip to Nepal. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so. Uh, I, what you were saying about um, communing with the forest uh, and trees—that's uh, so deep and profound. And I know that people in the West, people that I know, my friends, uh, and just. Uh, the societies that I've been in, we are we are interested in native culture. We we know that it's there, we see it, we know that it's true and that it's profound. But there's there's like a disconnect where we're not quite a, we're not quite able to accept it or take it on as our own, or to or or to to make a a, a deep connection with it. How can we uh, be more like you, and and reach and reach out and reach out to to tribesmen and women. And to, to make that connection, are would they yeah, accept yeah. us? Would they or do they want to teach us? I think uh, I think the I think the very profound thing about this. I think uh, there are two kind of people who are like first there's some people they are still like hurt like it's almost happened yesterday. This white people came and you know absolutely kind of you know things happen and then there is I think other people which is like you know they also are open to I think communicate with the people and maybe share. And also this, uh, you know, one thing is like uh, they're little, I think they're little aware that, you know, a lot of time, 
anything that uh, a lot of time it's like white people they take it they make it out of business uh, yeah. you know so it's like just like uh, you know uh, and become like a business so it's just a uh, I think uh, there are people who are really also willing to teach and uh, and if you are open to it you can I think uh, finding some connection to uh, to some tribe um, mm. I think it's a very 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 uh, very nice way and just up, um, and and sharing your intention with them uh, why you are wanting to connect I think that's very helpful mm. and uh, uh, one thing my brother uh, big brother told me is. Uh, in the native culture you don't talk by uh, uh, making eye contact uh, oh that's yeah so uh, this is uh, i think this is one thing i have uh, you know like especially in the beery every time i try, try to talk they try to look at my eye. <laughs> it's like <laughs> it's like they look directly to your eyes because we've been told that you know making eye contact is very important you know when mm. you talk and mm. i think that's for maybe some case but not in every case yeah. i guess you know? yeah yeah so uh, <laughs> that that one is it's uh, you know just to and and i think uh, there are uh, the interesting thing is because the bay area have a lot of uh, people coming in and out the native people did offer ceremonies and things like that i think if you are open i think there's a, there's a, always a possibility that you can connect you know with them and you know share and maybe you know mm. co- coordinate something mm. so mm. yeah they're open to it uh the the americans we we are uh we're hurt by our own culture our own culture is not is not the way to heal either as well it's it's uh it's very it's very samsaric so uh yeah it is it is very samsaric uh in uh and not only in american but in general like the i was talking with my one of uh brother yesterday about uh, the you know what happened to this civilization that uh, took away the 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 education about connecting to the land yeah. whereas uh, yes. you know 500 years ago there was still education but the education was you know even though there was a colonization you know uh imperialism or, but still there was education that helps people connect the land the herbal plant medicine and all that thing mm-hmm. but somehow this 300 years uh when i think it's more uh, something i think it's more british uh education that actually took away the the connection of the land and more made it more like materialistic academic yeah Yeah. Um, yes. So, so it's not only America, but I think anybody who adopt uh, like a British British education system, I think uh, it's it's it, that's a part of uh, I think then become part of disconnecting the nature. Very much so. And uh, and and more connected to the imp- like what do you call imperialism and colonialism and you know mm. more materialism and mm. sort of yeah like that. So. It's uh it's so ingrained into the culture. It's so much a part of uh of the way we think about ourselves as a uh, western yeah. people is uh that we uh we feel like we are owed something that uh we take it for granted the things that we uh, that yeah. we have. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. And uh, that's why only like uh you know when fire happened then people finally oh my forest oh animals <laughs> like <laughs> Oh, yeah, 
the forest burning is sad, but yeah, what you said yeah. is yeah, oh, yeah. oh, now that it's yeah. gone, now that yeah. it's burning, you you miss it. Yeah, yeah, it's oh. like that's oh. not the way we want to. That's not the way we want to feel. You know, we want to like take care and feel that before it's burned down or before anything. You know, that's the, I think that's the wisdom that we we want to share. You know. Yeah. So, and we want to learn and share. So. Oh, so. Okay. So. Um, are we done here? I think so. Thank you so much, Anil. This was such a pleasure. Uh, wait, on your on your journey to Nepal, I hope I hope all of your aspirations are fulfilled. I hope uh, I hope it's a beautiful journey, and I hope to see you soon. If you're not in Nepal, then maybe back here. I uh, hope. Oh, yes. Hopefully. Hopefully. And uh, you have a wonderful time too. Okay. Ah, uh, thank you, my friend. All right. Okay. Bye bye. Bye bye.